everybody, it's Mark Steiner. Welcome to our latest podcast. And we're about to have a conversation with Lisa Snowden McRae. Uh, and Lisa is an editorial board member of The Sun in past life. As a guest in the show, she was the associate editor of the Baltimore City Paper, which soon will be no more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And welcome to have you here. Thank you. It's good to be here. And she wrote a piece that really, really uh, uh, got to me um, for The Sun on April 5th or April 16th this week, uh, overcome with emotion as Baltimore's Confederate statues come down. So, so you were out with your husband. Yes. We were actually out with a bunch of city paper people. Uh-huh. Um, it was a, one of our... A friend of one of some of the staffers it was her birthday so we were all at the crown um and all of a sudden brandon soderberg the editor of city paper was gone (laughs) (laughs) i'm like where's the party yes so i'm like where is brandon and he had gotten word that they were taking the monuments down so he was gone for a while and then jaron my husband kind of looks at me he's like we should go (laughs) at this point it's like midnight we already should have been home in bed but I'm like this is crazy but let's just do it we have a babysitter you don't have to be home right yeah my at this point we my teenage stepson is still home he hasn't left for college yet so yes we had a babysitter it's all safe (laughs) so we grabbed uh Moore and Rebecca who are two other editors at City Paper and we just drove down there um we ended up at the one at the Jackson Lee one at the Wyman Park down. Near the Baltimore, Baltimore Museum of Art. Yes. Right. Um, so, yeah, it was just like a weird, eerie thing. Like, I, I know I know Brandon wrote about it also, and his his feeling was that it was more jovial. And there definitely were. Like, I know that my husband was kind of like, you know, lighthearted throughout, kind of like yelling at the construction guys, you know, hurry up, get it down. <laughs> but for me, it, it just seemed kind of, eerie and important like one of the things that I wrote about in the piece is like when what could they had that street that runs right in front of the monument blocked off and there was an officer stationed there with like some flares it was very like muggy and humid like Maryland summer nights right, are right. so it's like kind of hazy when you're walking up and just for me it's just kind of like I think me and Maura and Rebecca were just kind of looking at each other like this is this is important <laughs> Um, so yeah. So what was it that was eerie about it? For me, it was just kind of like it's it represented a lot of lies that because we're living in this kind of crazy time, post-Trump time, that are being brought to the surface. They're kind of lies that I think you understand are lies, but you kind of go with them. So you know. This thing that keeps happening when people, like most most of the re- reception of this piece has been overwhelmingly positive. I've only gotten a few negative, like no no emails, but just a few tweets that are like, you know, what about what about if I put if I if we took down a monument to Abraham Lincoln or George Washington? And I think in this person's eyes, that's sacred ground. But I think for some black people or me, I'm like. Okay, <laughs> we can do that too. So it's kind of like dredging up this thing that we now have to all deal with, and that's been two different realities for people. And so for me, I'm I'm thinking of people. One of the things that was striking when I was writing it was that that monument's not very old. It's right. younger than my mother. I hope she doesn't mind me putting her age. <laughs> but like, so but like even even thus, like knowing that it was 
from the 40s, there were black people who walked around, who walked past that monument, knowing that it was not necessarily the truth. Um, and so I'm the generation of all the people that have walked past that monument specifically and monuments like that, that got to see that lie dismantled, like in real time. And also just because of the way that it was cordoned off, there was like police tape around. So where we were, we could see the side of it. And somebody had spray painted Black Lives Matter on the base of the monument. And there was also um, the statue of the black woman that um, that somebody that people had put up on Sunday, so just like that image was just an amazing image. It's like this one lie is being dismantled, and this other image of like this black woman's body remains. Yeah. yeah. And I, I've also written in the past for City Paper about how one of the things that I've seen and that I've tweeted about is that black women's bodies are given no respect, and black women's reproductive rights are given no respect. They're kind of seen as a problem. Um, and so to see that figure there was important to me. And kind of like... The, the image of the... the of that a, woman. A, a black woman pregnant yes. with, with a child on her back. Mm-hmm. Right. And also kind of solidifying my feelings about how the black woman's body is disrespected is that somebody pushed the statue down like it's broken now, it's crumbled. And that was that somebody felt like it was important to do that. I think the uh, reporting is that the police said it was like it wasn't just a super strong wind that blew through Baltimore. It was a person that came through and did that. So it's interesting that you had a different perspective or some of the women did than some of the other people who were standing watching this. I was thinking about describing Mm. also the police tape like there's a crime scene going on. Uh Right. Yeah. Because it was, um, in the larger sense, you're saying it is a crime scene. Well, yeah. Well, now it literally is. <laughs> I guess before it was, too, in another way, because I'm sure, I think people, you know, like whoever had spray-painted Black Lives Matter, I think there was other spray-paint on it, too. I didn't see it, but I've seen it in pictures. I guess that's officially a crime also. So it's interesting. Um, yeah. It's an interesting Tug of war. I had some. I was going back and forth in a dialogue with a, a friend who had no love for the Confederate monuments, but thought vandalism was wrong. How do you? How do you? How would you respond to that? With the vandalism of these Confederate statues, whether it's putting throwing the red paint on the Confederate women's statue or spray painting Jackson and Lee. I think that this is a really good time for civil disobedience. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I know with the monument that was pulled down in North Carolina. In Durham. Yeah, in Durham, North Carolina. um, I was seeing tweets the next day of people, this long line that stretched, it looked like miles back of people who were volunteering to say that they, they were like, I was there too, I did it, to kind of like clog up the system because people were being punished for that. There was a young black woman who was very publicly arrested and, handcuffed and taken to jail for doing that. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I I don't think that vandalism is always right. I don't think that somebody should take some spray paint and spray paint, you know, a racial slur. But I think it was a good way of highlighting that these statues were lies and kind of asserting the will of the people Mm -hmm. in in that case. 
So, I'm curious where you where you um, when you when you wrote towards the end of your piece, you said um, last night was one step, but there are many more to come. What will happen to the statues now that they are no longer on display? Mayor Catherine Pugh has suggested moving them, while others, such as Councilman Brandon Scott, are in favor of melting them down. I would rather see them destroyed. They were born of a racist impulse, and I can see no place for them. There are other better ways to teach and honor the past. Let's start looking at those and memorialize things actually worth saving. Talk a bit more about what you were, what pushed you to write that. Um, well, it just seems like keeping them um, or putting them somewhere else in like a and like a, I think one of the things it's the mayor suggested was put it in like a a Confederate graveyard. Um, these monuments were made so long after the Civil War and based on basically white supremacy. There's not, I mean, there's a connection there, but it's not a good one. And it kind of, it kind of still allows that lie to stay. It's like, you know, it goes back to that compromise that I think we were living under where it's like, okay, you can believe this and we'll just give you the space over here to believe that. But I think what we've seen this week and what we saw in Charlottesville, Virginia this weekend is like, when you when you let that fester, even if it's off to the side, even if it's not out of public view, it only gets more dangerous, and it doesn't ever stay contained there. So that was that was one thought. Another thought was that this whole thing about monuments being these teaching tools, we have lots of books, <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm I think about how much I didn't know going through going from elementary school on the high school about how how many gaps I've had to fill in like real the real history of this country after graduating because really there's not you don't get a good foundation in what this country really is in school so let's kind of start there before we start saying that you know there's not really space for that because clearly people don't know so these aren't helping. They're not helping educate anybody. I thought those plaques they put up were interesting. Um, I was talking to my new boss, the editorial page editor, Andrew Green, and I was talking mm, about yeah. at, in the in the African American Museum up in D.C. They have a monument to Thomas Jefferson. And they talk both about the fact that he was one of this country's founding fathers. And right next to it is the fact that he fathered children with a slave. He essentially raped a slave. And that was also true. Both of those things are true and exist. So if we can do that, I don't think that would be bad. But I don't know. I don't think that that's where, we're, that's, that's where anyone's going with this. Right, right. Uh, that makes sense. And I think that you know, when you think about, uh, we were talking earlier with Nathan Conley in another, in another podcast, um, just about how we can rally some of the people who rallied around taking down the statues. Not that they shouldn't have been taken down, but some of the people rallying around taking down the statues are the same people who oppose a fifteen dollar minimum wage mm -hmm. that would affect black workers in the city, yes. or or four mandatory minimums. Mm -hmm. Or were for Port Covington getting a billion dollars when no guarantees were made for the poorest black communities in Baltimore to be 
that money would go to be part of resurrecting people's lives for in working jobs. So there's contradictions exist in all that as well, mm -hmm. right? It makes me think. Um, one of the notes that I got from um, an artist here in the city—I won't say his name since it wasn't a public note—but it was a good point where he was saying that he felt like he wasn't that excited about taking these monuments down because now white people can feel good about themselves and pat themselves on the back and say, see, you know, I'm not racist. Like, look what we did. We won. And that's a, that's a true point also. It's not true for me because I'm not that. That's not, that's not my column. That's not. But it is true. Like, black, white people shouldn't feel comfortable and that being the end of it. Like, and all these Republican lawmakers are now very quick to condemn Trump and and, con and condemn these racist people. Again, like, like you said, they, they're pushing forward an agenda that has kind of sustained injustice for black people and people of color and people that are mar marginalized in this country for a long time. So what, no, what, what tell me, before we let you go, Okay. Tell us, what about this new work you're doing? What are you going to be doing as an editorial board member and writer for The Sun? We're still figuring that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I would like to do is kind of what I was doing in at City Paper, which was kind of a mix of reporting and seeing people and talking to people and getting out on the streets and also kind of using, just kind of using my perspective to temper that. So yeah. I have a piece that's hopefully coming out soon about the tent city that is in front of City Hall. What tent city? Um, the one that's, it's SCLC, Baltimore Black. Right. And some other groups that are camping out in front of City Hall and they have a list of demands for the mayor and they're gonna be there until they feel like she meets those demands. Is this the thing that's kind of taking off in the Poor People's Campaign? I believe so. It is, right. They're doing these things all over the country. Yeah. SCLC is. Yes. Right. Um, this new set of demands around poor people in America. I'll have to go pay that a visit. Yes. So what are your impressions? I went down there on Tuesday where it was, it like, I think as I walked up, it had literally just stopped pouring, pouring down rain. It had been raining all morning. But even so, everybody down there was happy. Like, everybody was, like, having a good time. They were comfortable in their tents. <laughs> I talked to one lady who said that she used she was homeless. She used to stay kind of like around, around like uh, what is it, the Charles Village area. Mm -hmm. um, she was down there because she felt like it was really important that the mayor know how hard it is for for her and people like her because she was saying there's there is some help, but it's not really a help because. You'll go to one place, and they're like, well, you have to go over here. So then you go over here, and they're like, no, you need to do this thing. So it's very hard. And she was like, some people, a lot of people don't don't go to shelters because a lot of shelters have bed bugs, which is a whole other problem. So she was there. Her cousin was there with her who was not homeless. Her, hus her cousin actually works as security, like, right downtown near City Hall. But she felt strongly about being there. She's like, I, you know, I have a house I can go to, but I'm going to be here. She's like, my new house is right in this tent because I'm supporting my family. I'm supporting people like her that are in need. And it's, it's important enough for me to give up my house and be here on what that day was, like a super wet, nasty day. Well, Lisa, it, it, it's, uh, I'm glad you're on the scene and doing the stories you do. 
They're all, we, I, <laughs> <laughs> the very heartfelt this piece you wrote on the monuments coming down is, is I think, really heartfelt um, and, uh, and, and really good. And, and if you haven't read it yet, just check it out and catch it on the Sun site or at our website at steinershow.org, overcome with emotion as Baltimore's Confederate statues come down uh, by Lisa Snowden McRae, new editorial board member of the Baltimore Sun. Good to have you in the studio, Lisa. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Well, this is Mark Steiner, folks, and thank you for joining us for our podcast today. You can download it at steinershow.org or your favorite podcasting app. And please let us know what you think. Write to me at mark at steinershow.org. That's mark, M-A-R-C, at S-T-E-I-N-E-R show.org. We'll be back in a couple of days with a new podcast. <laughs>